Alex Cobb came oh so close to a no-hitter. He had one with two outs in the ninth and then gave up a hit. But a tremendous accomplishment for him. And following up on the Kyle Harrison performance the day before, and you start to think about with Webb going today, suddenly the Giants have a rotation perhaps that could make noise in October. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites, Beyond the Box Score, and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there. Please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're listening or watching. And coming up on today's show, yes, we are going to get into Alex Cobb throwing a near no hitter. He couldn't have been any closer. And really, Luis Matos on that final, well, it wasn't the final play, but what would have been the final out couldn't have come any closer. And to me, maybe, maybe, maybe if he took a slightly better route, he would have had a shot at catching that ball. But regardless, Alex Cobb didn't even care. He was just like happy to be there and happy with the performance. And so a tremendous performance. And there's, there's like three layers that I want to get into. And one is like praising Cobb for this tremendous accomplishment. He just pitched so, so well. Number two these are critically important games for the San Francisco Giants. There are, I believe, now exactly 30 games remaining. Yes, we have 30 games remaining in the standings. And right now, the Giants find themselves half a game up on the final playoff spot. And so every single game matters. So beyond the no-hitter, I mean, no-hitter or no no no-hitter, ultimately what matters the most right now are wins. And this was another win. And they secured the tiebreaker against the Cincinnati Reds. And I I actually, this is a new thing in the collective bargaining agreement. I believe in the case of ties, you don't play a tiebreaker. It goes to the team that won the tiebreaker in the regular season. So don't quote me on that. I'm going to have to double check that as we get closer to the end of the season. Giants also won the tiebreaker with the Phillies, I believe. And so they're in good shape in that regard. I'm not sure about the D-backs. I'm not sure about the Cubs, but we're getting, it's the home stretch. I mean, we're like two days away from September. To me, it's shocking. But so that's the second layer. And the third layer is that, I mean, this was a night after Kyle Harrison went out there and did what he did, striking out 11 batters in six and a third as a 22-year-old kid and with a fastball that was just overpowering. And so, and then you've got Webb going today, and I apologize, but by the time this podcast is coming out, that game's probably underway already. Uh, But 
you've got Harrison, Cobb, and Webb. It's not necessarily the order you would put them in in like a playoff series, but all of a sudden, Harris, uh, uh, Webb, Cobb, Harrison could be a pretty dirty one through three in a starting rotation in a playoff series. And really, you don't have to go too far beyond three pitchers in a playoff series, especially a wild card series, which is if the Giants make the playoffs, it's almost 100% certain that it will be in a wild card round first and that they will not get that first round by which the top two division winners in each league will get. And so right now that's looking like pretty much a slam dunk. The Braves and the Dodgers are going to get that first round by, and then there are going to be two wildcard series. And so the Giants being in the third position right now by half a game over Arizona, whom they play in the month of September, they play a lot of these teams that are involved in the race, including the Cubs coming up, the Padres, whom they have a chance to bury, uh, as the Padres just have continued to stall out all season long, and the Giants could really put them away with this four-game series that's coming up right after this Red series. But I forget where I was going with that, but, uh, you know, Webb... And Cobb was like, okay, you probably need some more there. But then all of a sudden, the emergence of Kyle Harrison and things just got a lot more interesting. Oh, yeah, my point was that the the wildcard round is a best of three. You literally will play a maximum of three games. And so if those if those three guys are healthy and pitching well, and Cobb says, you know, his struggles in August – Essentially, he was out of whack mechanically, and that last outing in which he pitched really well, but then gave up late back-to-back homers, and those were the only runs he allowed, but otherwise was really good. And then yesterday, obviously sensational. So if he can get back on track, and then you've got Webb and you've got Harrison, we'll see what Harrison provides the rest of the way. And then for that fourth spot if you do get through a, a wild card round you know if you make the playoffs and then if you get through the wild card round if you're looking at a fourth spot of whoever it is whether it's Tristan Beck or whether you go with a bullpen game or an opener or whatever Sean Manaya being featured or Tristan Beck or both then you're in pretty good shape and so yeah the with the performance Alex Cobb's Season ERA dropped down to 3.57. The peripherals aren't quite as kind to Cobb, which is so funny because last year it was the total opposite. The ERA was a little bit bloated, but the peripherals were like sparkling. So, I mean, the dude is 35 years and 10 months old. He's going to turn 36 on October 7th which is my mom's birthday as well. So I don't my mom listens to every episode. You share a birthday with Alex Cobb. So um anywho, just like a huge tip of the hat from me to Alex Cobb and to Patrick Bailey for, you know, the catchers play a role here because they're calling pitches and that obviously makes a huge difference. I mean, the splitter, he he just threw it so much in this start, so I can't at all fault him for throwing a splitter there to Spencer Steer that 
you just put a good swing on and uh, hit a ball hard. It was like 104 miles an hour in the right center field gap. And I think Matos, he kind of, his first step was kind of straight sideways as opposed to like angling back. And I think that that little bit of straight sideways enabled the ball to sail just over his glove. Whereas if he went straight back to ultimately the spot where the ball was going to land, then maybe he could have caught it. So yeah, whatever. Like I said, a win is by far the more important thing here. Alex Cobb feels the same way. The team feels the same way. And suddenly there are just really positive vibes going on for the San Francisco Giants after three straight wins, beating the Atlanta Braves on national TV, uh, Kyle Harrison's electrifying home debut, and then an Alex Cobb near no hitter. And you've got a chance for a sweep today. And so coming up in just a minute, we'll continue this conversation. Look at the playoff picture, the playoff odds, the upcoming schedule, all of that. Talk about the offense heating up, Mitch Hanniger coming back, and then some craziness from the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim that very well could affect the San Francisco Giants. So we will get into all of that in just a minute and before we do. I want you to know that this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Sales. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call this deep sales, and we've built the first step Uh, the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash locked on. That's linkedin.com slash locked on for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash locked on to get started. All right, here we go. We are going to get into so much more about the San Francisco Giants. I truly just can't believe that September is two days away. We only have 30 games left of the season and it's the stretch run suddenly. It's a big deal. Rosters will expand. That helps a team like the Giants that likes to use their bench aggressively. So that that's a big deal. And the schedule, you know, I said I keep saying this. I've said this a couple times now, but there were all these pieces saying the schedule is just brutal from here on out, like um like two weeks ago. But I'm saying like the the Braves portion of the schedule was tough. They play the Dodgers seven out of their last 10 games. That's tough. But in between, they're all games that the Giants have a solid chance to win, including a homestand against the Rockies, 
who are the worst team in the National League, and the Guardians, who are not having a great year, and then the Giants go to Colorado for four games. It's always tough there, but that's a lot of games against the worst team in the National League. And so Giants are... These last three wins have been huge and much needed and inspiring. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We're going to be doing some breaking down of this final game of the series. Giants going for the sweep with Logan Webb on the mound. But also, I'm going to be crossing over with Javier Reyes from Locked on Padres to get you set for the upcoming series against San Diego. The Giants play the Reds today at 1245 Pacific, and you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast uh, with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Giants. So, like I said in the standings, the Giants are half a game up on the D-backs, and this is one of those things I have no problem saying go Dodgers when the division is out of hand. Like I am not such a such a crazed fan to the point that I'm in a root against the Dodgers if it means that it hurts the Giants. I am a Giants fan first, a Dodgers hater second. They, they're close to equal, but they're not quite equal. Like, let's say it's game 162, and let's say the Giants game is complete. And if the Dodgers beat some other team, the Giants make the playoffs. And if the Dodgers lose, the Giants miss the playoffs. Are you really telling me that you would still be like, no, I refuse to root for the Dodgers, and I'd rather that the Dodgers lose, even though... Their game to them doesn't even matter, uh, and the Giants miss the playoffs. That's insane. If that's your viewpoint, go ahead and have it, but to me, that's insane. So that's what's happening right now. The Giants are 13 and a half back in the National League West with 30 games to go. And I mean, the Dodgers already have 82 wins. I would be surprised if the Giants get like... I would be surprised if the Giants get five or six more wins than that total on the season. I think they're going to likely end up in the like 80, you know, 83 to 87 win range. And on the lower end of that range, they may miss the postseason. On the higher end of that range, they probably have a really good shot of making it. So anyway, they're playing the D-backs, which, you know, right now the D-backs are like the number one team Giants fans should want to lose because it's the team closest to the Giants. And with two straight losses, i.e. Dodgers wins over the D-backs, the Giants have moved ahead of the D-backs. And so thank you, Dodgers. You're doing us a favor here. And if, if you feel uncomfortable saying go Dodgers, just say go lose Diamondbacks. You know what I'm saying? Root against the Diamondbacks. Forget who they're playing. But yeah, so the Giants are a half game up on the D-backs. The next closest team behind the Giants are the Reds. And so the Giants have pushed them back to the point where they're now two games behind San Francisco. And with a win today, they would obviously be, the Giants would be three games ahead of the Reds. The Marlins are three back of the Giants, and then there's the Padres seven and a half back. So like I said, like the the 
Giants are the team that matters the most to the Padres right now because the Giants are that third wildcard team. They're the team that all the teams below the wildcard spot are chasing, essentially, to get into that final spot. And so seven and a half back, we'll see where it is after today's slate of games. The Padres do play. They're playing right now uh, against the Cardinals. I don't know what the score is at the moment, but they're only 62 and 71. And so... Like I said, it's a four-game series. It's in San Diego, and the Giants will have a chance to like completely bury them with a three, with three or four wins. You know, a sweep is getting very greedy, but um, and a split, even a split, is like not enough for San Diego. San Diego, this is going to be a desperation type of series for the Padres, and yeah, then the Giants, I think right after that, play the Cubs, who are the team that's directly ahead of San Francisco, one game up on the Giants. So it is tight. The one team that is kind of pulled away is the Phillies. Uh, they're five games ahead of the Giants here in the wildcard standings. And so only the top wildcard team among wildcard teams will host a series. The other two wildcard teams will be road teams. And so that third wildcard team, which is currently the Giants, if the season ended today, they would play the one division winner that doesn't get the first round by, and that would be the Milwaukee Brewers. So if the season ended today, Giants would go to Milwaukee and play a best of three against the Brewers. So, you know, we can talk about that if it happens, but basically the Brewers have been they've had more struggles scoring runs than even the Giants this season, but their pitching is pretty good. They're they're really kind of similar in terms of runs allowed to the Giants, and their runs scored are really similar as well. And so earlier in the year I was asked to say I was asked which team are the do the Giants remind you of the most? And I said the Brewers, and it's kind of funny that you know, we're, if you look at the the runs scored, it's 580 versus 572. The runs allowed, it's 558 versus 566. And we're talking about the same number of games played. Brewers have won five more games, though. So they're, they're really outperforming their run differential. The Giants are outperforming their run differential a little bit as well. But anyway, to me, that playoff rotation angle is really significant in that if Kyle Harrison becomes a weapon and if Alex Cobb gets back on track mechanically, then you would have a chance to win every single game. And the other thing is that the Giants offense has quietly been heating up a little bit. Like if you look at the last handful of games, they obviously scored uh, six yesterday against the Reds in the win with Cobb on the mound. They scored four, which is like whatever, I guess, in the first game of the series, but allowed one. They've allowed one run in each of their last two games, one run each. And then they scored five against the Braves on Sunday. And so, you know, and then looking back, they scored eight in their last game in Philadelphia, one, three, eight, four, six. And so just suddenly you're looking at a team that's kind of coming out of it a bit offensively and they're getting guys back, including Mitch Hanniger. So coming up in just a minute, we'll discuss the roster moves that got made. They had to DFA somebody. They had to option somebody. Mitch Hanniger is back. But also this crazy Angels situation 
that uh, could affect the Giants in a significant way with the Angels doing something wild. Wild. So we'll get into it in just a minute, but first... All right, as promised, just giving you an update. Mitch Hanniger, congratulations to him. Finally back from the forearm fracture. Took a couple months, but he is back and he was in the lineup. And I think, you know, just like before the injury, he didn't have a good game. And so him, you know, heating up will be significant in the last 30 games. And hopefully he can do it. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Everydayers, tomorrow on the show... It is going to be a crossover with Javier Reyes from Locked on Padres previewing the series. I'll also, you know, sneak in some analysis of today's game. Giants have had a hard time kind of putting teams away and sweeping them. And especially like it seems like during day games, they get a little sleepy. And so hopefully they can avoid that. And we'll I'll sneak some of that discussion in tomorrow. But also talking to Javier Reyes from Locked on Padres. Giants play the... Uh, Reds today at six twelve forty five, excuse me, Pacific, and you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. So Mitch Haniger is back, and the corresponding roster moves were uh, that Elliot Ramos was optioned again, and Bryce Johnson was designated for assignment. And so neither of these moves strikes me as particularly earth-shattering. I know there are I know that Elliot Ramos has his fans out there, many of whom are probably listening to the show. I know that Bryce Johnson has his fans out there, many of whom are listening to this show. But to me personally, neither player really significantly factors into the future of the Giants. The roles that they've been in, which is like basically fill-ins and when they do fill in it's in limited roles that's kind of like that's kind of the most i see them in terms of getting an opportunity based on what i've seen performance wise at the major league level what i've seen in the minor leagues so guys like wade meckler luis matos have passed you know these other outfielders on the depth chart and when you get a mitch hanniger back then that's what happens. And so Bryce Johnson, I think he was DFA'd before. And I don't know if he was then outrighted. Like there's these rules. You can only be outrighted once, meaning if you clear waivers, they can just basically send you back to the minors. But if you've been outrighted once in the past, if you clear waivers, then you you can decide not to be outrighted. You can refuse an outright assignment and become a free agent. And so I would anticipate given that he's just not getting opportunities here, that Bryce Johnson, if he clears waivers, assuming he does, that he would elect free agency and perhaps end up in another organization. Whereas Ramos was just a straight-up option. And so, I don't. to me, it's neither of those moves are that big of a deal. I know it's a big deal to the personal lives of the players, especially Bryce Johnson, but in terms of just how does it affect the San Francisco Giants, not that big of a deal. And Hanniger, man, I mean, he's having like one of the worst offensive seasons he's ever had, if not the worst. And so I just at any point expect that he can get back to being the well above average player offensively that he's been in his career, about 20% above average in his career. And this year, something like 30% below average. And so just 
he's better than this. And it's a three-year contract. So let's, you know, unless, I mean, if you want to, let's rally behind this guy instead of being critical. Uh, and he has it in him. He grew up a Giants fan. Come on, let's let's rally behind this guy a little bit. So the last thing I want to say is this. I, I actually meant to update this graphic on YouTube and I could possibly do it right now, actually, as I'm talking. I'm going to do it right now. There you go. You can see LAA crazy moves. The Angels did something wild yesterday in that they placed a bunch of their better players on waivers. They placed, uh, I've got to scroll up and look, Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, yes, that Matt Moore of the Giants formerly, Ronaldo Lopez, Dominic Leone, Hunter Renfro, and Randall Gritchick on waivers. This is somewhat unprecedented to see uh, at this stage, given that a lot of these players have value. But the thing is, they're all, I believe, all unexpiring contracts. Otherwise, they wouldn't do this. So, A, it's just a huge failure by the Angels, like just a huge letdown. They like went for it at the deadline saying, we're not going to trade Otani. We're just going to go for it. And they acquired a lot of these players, Giolito, Lopez, Leon, and Gritchick. And Renfro was an offseason move, and so was Matt Moore, I believe. And But anyway, they quickly just fell apart. Mike Trout went back on the injured list after coming off the injured list. Shohei Otani has a tear in his uh, UCL, which is horrible news. And the Angels are just completely waving the white flag here. And it's just like the motivation on their side has to do with uh, with money and just like they're out of it. And it's kind of like you might as well save the money by putting these players who will probably get claimed on waivers. And so that's the thing is that some of these players make I mean, they're not bad players. Lucas Giolito, like I said, with a web Cobb Harrison type rotation. Imagine if you just add a Lucas Giolito to that back end. Now, I'm not certain if you really look into the performance that he's really that much of an upgrade over a Sean Manaya or a Ross Stripling, particularly if if you argued with me on that, I would point to the numbers Manaya has put up since basically joining the bullpen and basically since his outing in Minnesota three plus months ago. He's been one of the better pitchers in baseball since then, but as a reliever, you know, going kind of short spurts, but also Matt Moore is a good reliever. Ronaldo Lopez is a good reliever. Dominic Leon, we know what he provides. Hunter Renfro is a solid outfielder. Randall Gritchick, solid outfielder. And so a lot of these players could make sense for the Giants. And it's also funny, they got Paul DeYoung. It wasn't the same thing. He went unclaimed because... Nobody wanted to pay the salary that he was making because the performance wasn't up to par with with what he was earning from a salary perspective. But as soon as he went unclaimed, he basically became a free agent. And the Giants, he said the Giants were all over him immediately. And so trade targets like Paul DeYoung, like a lot of a lot of the trade talk was about Paul DeYoung and they got him just for signing him no players given up 
And then Lucas Giolito, a lot of trade talk with the Giants about Lucas Giolito. The Giants could possibly end up with Lucas Giolito without having to give up anything at all. They would just have to pay his remaining salary for this year, which is like uh, $2 million or something. And so it's it's based on my understanding. I, I know this for a fact that it's based on the reverse, like waiver priority is based on uh, the uh, winning percentage in reverse. So the worst teams get the first crack. So if the worst team in baseball claims all of these guys, then that's it. Doesn't matter if any other teams claimed any of them. They all go to that worst team. Used to be that it first went through the league in which the player was DFA'd. So like American League teams first in this case because the Angels are in the AL. But I just learned yesterday that's no longer the case. It's just simply reverse winning percentage is the order. And I believe it's based on winning percentages on Thursday and that this is going to be resolved on Thursday is I'm I need to read more into this but there's a chance some of these guys one or more of these guys could end up on the Giants a real chance but also there's several teams that have a higher waiver priority meaning they're they have a worse record who also could take a shot on them and it's like a weird thing where it's it's mostly like playoff contenders but ones with worse records than the Giants and the Giants don't have that great of a record so it's kind of a small group of teams Padres may very well be a team that's just like to heck with it let's get Giolito let's get Ronaldo Lopez let's get Matt Moore like they're that kind of team so I wouldn't be surprised at all if they did that but some other players too like Harrison Bader good defensive outfielder was on the Yankees he was also placed on waivers here Carlos Carrasco Elvis Andrews so it's going to be fascinating to see how all of this plays out and it was certainly worth a mention here today anyway that is all the time we have for today thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day every day or tomorrow on the show talking with Javier Reyes from Lockdown Padres I'll also sneak in some talk about today's game with Logan Webb on the mound Giants going for the sweep every game huge including this one. Giants play the Reds today at 1245 Pacific. You can catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app Search Giants. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter or X at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a ton. So thank you in advance, sincerely, and thank you to everyone who's done so already, sincerely. Anyway, can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening today. You are now Locked on Giants.